Podcast fam, we are in the last week of 2020. Praise the Lord. Today, we are bringing you Pablo Casalimas of Rutex, the 161 Group, and of this awesome new publication, Innovate Gainesville. We're in here. We're so grateful to be in here. Look, they even put our logo on here, baby. It is incredible. After realizing that he wasn't meant to be an engineer through a bad internship experience, Pablo started Rutex, a content marketing agency in late 2015, and then dropped out of UF a year later to grow his business full-time. It's an awesome story. And in today's episode, we talk about what it's like telling your parents that you're gonna drop out of school so that you can go start a business. What inspired this incredible publication, Innovate Gainesville? What we think Gainesville looks like in 10 years and collaboration versus competition. Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy the show. You are listening to WHOA Podcast. Coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, baby. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin. My co-host is Michael Dees, but he's sick, y'all. He's sick. And just so you know, he's going to be sick next week, too, because we record these back to back. So don't think he's sick for two weeks, but uh, he was not feeling too hot when we were getting ready to record, had a massive headache. And so, Mike, hope you feel better, brother. This is the last show of 2020. You saved the best for last. <laughs> there you go, Pablo. <laughs> oh, you guys. And, uh, you know, real quick. So, man, dude, I got, Pablo, I got an epic Christmas gift, man, from my team. You want to see it? What is it? Dude, let me show you. Hold on. I got to put this down. Check this out. All right. I, like, I got to give so much love. I got to give so much love to my team, you guys, because look at what they had made for me, bro. This, Whoa. This quilt, right? What? Good. That is so cool. So anybody who's listening on iTunes and that kind of thing, you guys got to go check out the video on you know, YouTube and Facebook because my team made me this quilt out of, these are all the old shirts. These are all of the old shirts from all of the years past, like our team, team shirts that we wore around the dealership and that kind of thing. And our uh, team member, Sarah Lentz, actually quilted this and made this for me. Wow, that's incredible. And, that's a lot of work. And the whole team chipped in. It's beautiful, and dude, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I'm crying like a little baby this morning. <laughs> like they handed it to me, and I was like, I was like, man, this is like one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. You got so, some good people, dude. I love it, love it, love it. So thank you guys so much for that, um, you guys. Before we get into the show, I want to thank our sponsors. You know, have you noticed those blue Collier signs all over Gainesville? Those are the signs of progress, y'all. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Colliers International uh, is the region's top commercial real estate team. When you need to buy or sell commercial land or buildings, find a new space for your business, or lease out a property you own, turn to the GNV Commercial Advisory Team. They close more than 60 deals a year. Shouldn't yours be one of them? The answer is yes. <laughs> Check out all their services at colliers.com slash Gainesville. And just so you know, we also have a space available next door. So I'm leasing out some space here. If you wanna be our business neighbors over here at New Scooters for Less, I'm leasing out 607 Northwest 13th Street. We're less than a half mile from UF. I've got 2,070 square feet over there, 820 of retail space, 1250 of warehouse space. You know, you know 
it's 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 nice nice space man we're really, we're really close too pablo you know i'm gonna have to check it out yeah <laughs> <laughs> you guys hit up jason bennett or dan over at the gnv commercial advisory team right now and come be my business neighbor y'all so um, that space is just not being utilized like I put scooters in there for storage and stuff, and I'm like, man, we need to. You put that anywhere? Some, some. <laughs> we need to put another business in there. Yeah, it's so, so close to campus. Exactly, man. And uh, also, you guys, if you need help moving your home or your business, give our friends Brad and Jordan a call at UF Mover Guys. These guys do it all. Full service packing, moving bulky items, disassembling furniture, and if you need storage, they got your back there too. Pablo, you know what my favorite thing about UF Mover Guys is? What is it? Dude, you don't have to pay anything upfront. All right? What? You pay once the move is completed and you are completely satisfied. These guys have over 600 Google reviews with a 4.9 star rating for a reason. Call them right now at 352-415-0886 or visit their website at ufmoverguys.com. You guys, please support these incredible sponsors. You're gonna hear me say it all year long as we go into 2021. They are the ones that make this show happen. You ready to rock and roll, my friend? Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, Today on the show, we have Pablo Casalimas, the CEO and founder of Rutex, a content marketing agency, and the co-founder and president of 161 Group, a seed accelerator, and... The associate publisher of Innovate Gainesville. Dude, show them this thing. Show them this thing. Like, let's see. All right, we're going to get right into it. Yeah, man, we're going to get right into this. Take a look at that. So, Pablo, you've been on the show a couple of times. We had you during the coronavirus sessions, and you were here with the 161 group. When right. We had, like, we had all you guys in here. Oh, yeah. Three of us. <laughs> that was two like, chairs. That was, like, <laughs> one of the most, like, energetic episodes I can remember, for I, sure. That was a great time. But, I enjoyed but it. I, I'm just incredibly proud of you, dude. Thank you. Like, yeah, it was a lot of work. This I mean, was a lot of hard work, and I wanted to have Pablo back to specifically show this thing off. And then he comes in here with a surprise, with a surprise book with our logo like, printed on the front of it. Look at you that. See that. Like, dude, th- this is incredible. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm just excited to get into it. But, you know, like before before we talk about the book and mm-hmm. why you did this and why we got it, like, why, like the one thing that I haven't even had the opportunity to do really mm-hmm. is like dive into your story. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear Pablo's story. Now that I got <laughs> Pablo one-to-one in the studio, like, dude, like, Tell me, tell me your story, man. Absolutely. Where do you want me to start? Dude, wherever you want. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm from South Florida. I was born and raised in a town called Pembroke Pines. And um, I didn't think I was going to get into UF. I wasn't really a good student in high school. I was like ranked 100 in my class out of 400 students. And uh, I somehow got in. I got a decent SAT score, got in. And I got into the Innovation Academy at UF. So I started spring semester. And my whole life, my parents had told me that um, you've got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. You know, I have traditional Hispanic parents. They were raised in third world countries. And um, 
to them, these are like the professions that, you know, you get job security, like it's reliable, you always have a good high paying job. And um, so for me, I hated reading and writing. I wasn't going to be a a lawyer and um, I can't tolerate blood and I hate being at the hospital. So I wasn't going to be a doctor. So I was pretty much on track to be an engineer. And so I I was going to study industrial engineering, which which I did at UF um, for two years. And then I got my first internship. And that was where my life kind of changed. Uh, it was an internship with a Fortune 50 company called Pratt & Whitney. They make jet engines for military planes and commercial planes. Um, and I was up in Maine doing the internship. But after one month there, um, it was a great company. They have great culture, great leadership. But uh, after one month, I was miserable. I was like, I can never do this. I can never work corporate. I don't want to be an engineer. And I never want to work nine to five again. And um, <laughs> I uh, pretty much, literally almost exactly a month in, I came up with the idea for my first company, which is now Rutex Creative. Um, and two months in, I already had a name, a logo, and three months in, I already had my first uh, client booked, pr- pretty much. And uh, I, sp- I spent the last two and a half months of my internship trading stocks, watching YouTube videos, listening to eBooks at work. Um, I had a, <clears throat> so my boss, whenever- this is the, Like the internship? Yeah. Was the, at the work, you, like you were listening to eBooks there? Yeah, exactly. So I would okay. show up to work and what was cool is I had my own cubicle and my boss wasn't really the person who was like giving me work to do. My, I went to my boss to give me more work when I finished my first tasks and he said, oh, go to this person, this person, and this person, they'll give you more work. And so I did that. And then after I finished those, I was like, I'm just not going to go back for more work because I want to just learn about business. And so I, uh, you know, for a large part of the time there, I was just pretty much going to work and learning stuff about business and getting ready, like planting the entrepreneurial seed in my mind, pretty much. And um, so did and, you know, while you're on this internship, you're like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like so, I had always loved the idea of entrepreneurship. I had read maybe like two or three books. And, and, and real quick, what year was that when you were in that? This internship? was 2015 in the fall, okay. fall okay. 2015. And um, I had always dreamed about it. I was so inspired by Steve Jobs and a lot of these other entrepreneurs. And so when I was at that moment, I thought to myself, I'm at a crossroads. I have to start all over, anyways. Why don't I just go after what I want to do instead of just going back to the university and studying something I don't want to do? So I switched my major to advertising, but really it was because I just wanted something easy that I could focus on my business with. And so after about a year at UF at that major, actually one semester in, um, I decided I was going to drop out and um, I ended up dropping out a year later. I just had to ease my parents into it because it wasn't an easy thing for them. <laughs> okay, so you dropped out of UF. So I dropped out of UF in 2017. Now, okay. And that was about a year and a half into running my agency. And by no means was my agency like super successful, making a lot of money. I was just starting out still and learning a lot of things, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, but I knew for a fact that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was going to figure it out. And so I just took the leap. It, uh, there was All right, times. Real quick, man, I got I to stop and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go into the story a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I got to know what your parents were saying. I got, like, I can only picture you telling <laughs> mom and dad, hey, I'm going to drop out of college. Like, so, uh, and it obviously took about a year, you said, right? So, so like, I kind of eased oh, them into it. I hey, told how, them, how does one go about easing their <laughs> I parents? I thought about it very strategically. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, I can't just say I'm going to drop out. That's too extreme, zero to 100. So, I, <laughs> so what I said was, okay, over the summer, 
I'm going to go part-time. I was in a program where we did spring, summer. So fall was my summer, technically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So summer was a regular semester. I told my parents, I'm going to go part-time over the summer um, so I can focus on my business. And I had a big client. I had just landed my first big client. And so I was, uh, you know, I was really excited about it. After that, I got like no work for like six months or something like that. It was, it was brutal. But um, then the following year, when it was time for spring courses, I actually did enroll. um, And that was my official last semester. Um, And and that semester, I stopped showing up to exams and stopped doing homework. And I was, that was my last semester. I I had my class with Marty Schaffle, actually, which I know you've had on the show. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, Great mentor of mine. And um, best class I ever took at UF. And um, I already knew I was going to drop out. And so that class, I spent a lot of time just like learning, spending time, time with Marty. But every, all my other classes, I was like, I'm not doing the homework. Like, come on, this is BS. So um, in terms of what my parents were saying, it definitely wasn't easy. They were very, very upset. Um, most, my, mom, my dad has become a lot more easygoing. He's very laid back. So I, I think it, I mean, he was like, it's whatever. You know, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. But I, my mom really took it to heart and it was really difficult for her, for sure. Because, you know, I've got four other siblings. One of them is about you, to become a doctor. One of them is a aerospace engineer. One of them is a nurse anesthetist. Okay, where do you fall in the line? I'm the four. youngest okay. of all. Um, and then the fourth, the, my older brother, who's like I'm closest with, he's one year older than me. He's the first one who dropped out, actually, uh, to become an MMA fighter. And, um, and now he's going back to school, learning programming and stuff. But, um, but yeah, so when I did that, my mom was like thinking like, oh, this is going to be my good child who like is not going to drop out. And, like, and then I Sorry, did. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. And um, times have changed so much. We're living in a completely different world. You know, that the world that my parents grew up in, that your parents grew up in, was a completely different world. And so um, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can learn so many things online. You can learn things by calling people. How were you paying? Were you paying for college out of pocket? Or I was taking out loans. Yeah, so I was living loans. off loans. Okay. So it became really difficult for me when I stopped enrolling because I couldn't take out loans anymore. I actually went back for one semester um, and enrolled at Santa Fe College. Um, I got very inspired. This is like a little side tangent, but I, I, got, I read uh, the biography of Elon Musk mm-hmm. and got really inspired. And I was like, I'm going to go back to school and study physics. <laughs> and then um, I was like, a month and a half in, two months in, and I was like, I'm not doing this. And what year was that? That was 2017, uh, fall 2017. Okay. Yeah, and so, that was So do it. you feel like, because I see a lot of people who are in college, you know, th- like that's a very transitional part of your life, right? So you're very much thinking like, I mean, I don't know, like I, I speak to college students all the time at UF when I go over there and it's the same thing. It's like they're trying to figure out what the heck they're gonna do with the rest of their life. Like they right. have to have it all figured out like right then and there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's a like, lot of pressure. I mean, was that kind of the situation that you were in? It's kind of like, eh, like, like you just didn't really know, or? So for me, it was different. I, um, it wasn't that I didn't really know. I knew I absolutely was gonna be an entrepreneur. Okay. Like that was, I was all in 100%. I was like, I don't care if I'm homeless. And that was because the, do you feel like the internship was that light bulb that sparked that? Yeah, that okay. was a big part of it. And so like, So your story is very similar to mine. Cause oh, like, really? I, yeah, because I'm definitely like, I'm the guy like who was doing all the stuff that you were supposed to do. Right. Like I was going to career showcase and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in my suit and tie and like shaking hands with these recruiters and they're asking me like, oh, okay, so Colin, so why do you want to work for a company? And I'm thinking to myself, 
Uh, I don't. Do I want to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it was like, bing, bing, bing. like it was like such That's an eye-opening moment. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's very similar. And then like the light bulbs start going off. I'm like, oh, well, maybe there is a different path here. Right. Maybe I can create my own business and and lifestyle, and maybe I don't have to wear a suit to work every day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's super interesting. Yeah, and the way I saw it, I mean, I, had, I by that point, I had read a lot more books. I, I became obsessed with just reading biographies of other entrepreneurs, and I had read a ton. And What was um, the best one you ever read? The best one that I ever read, I mean, my biggest inspiration of all is Steve Jobs, and that was the first biography I've ever read. Um, so maybe that's one, the most impactful one for me, but... Um, that's the, a big one, right? Like yeah. That, like, I got the book over there. Like, it's like this thick. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of them are pretty thick, to be honest. I read Benjamin Franklin's, Abraham Lincoln's. Um, I think the best one, I would say Richard Branson's. I love Richard Branson. Yeah. It's really good. But it's, I mean, it's very close to, um, for me, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the Nike founder. Okay. Uh, That was a really, really good one for me. Because, I mean, if you look at Nike, it's one of the biggest, most successful companies in the world. And when you just hear about how this guy was like driving to track meets, selling shoes out of his trunk, it's like this is how like a yeah, hundred billion huge. dollar company started. You know, it's, it's crazy, incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. It gives me chills thinking about it. So, so what do you think about like when? Because I mean, Steve Jobs was a jerk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I you know. So I mean, yeah. when you like tell me you're like read like what inspired you about Steve Jobs? So when I was a junior in high school. Um, was when Steve Jobs passed away. And mm-hmm. I didn't know much about Steve Jobs. I, all I knew is that my freshman year of high school, I found out about Mac computers and like, I was like, I have to have one. And I saved up a lot of money in my first job at a restaurant to buy myself a Mac mini, which is the cheapest Mac you can get. Yep. And, and <laughs> I was obsessed with the thing. And, and then, you know, I obviously knew more about Apple. I had an iPhone. And then I started uh, finding out about Steve Jobs after he passed away. I started doing so much research on, on this guy and I was so fascinated. I mean, he revolutionized one could, some people say six industries. I mean, I usually say three industries, but, um, it's just incredible what the guy did. And yeah, he was an asshole, but he was a visionary and he was an entrepreneur and he was, um, you know, he didn't have to be an asshole. That's for sure. He yeah. didn't have to be. He had that um, obsession over design yeah. and quality. And, and like he was known about making like the internal, like even the internals of these computers that we're using today, like making them look beautiful, even though right. nobody was ever going to see them, you know? So I definitely appreciate the attention to detail, but I always, I always ask that question when people bring up Steve Jobs because because everybody knew that he was a jerk, you know? And so right. it's always kind of, I don't know. There's something about him that's like extremely inspirational. Like when you hear him speak, like I have tried to understand like what it is about him. Cause I mean, there's some really good professional like, like um, speakers, like um, public speakers. Yeah. But like something about Steve Jobs, it's like when he speaks, like I just want to hear like what he's saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I haven't figured it out, but um he, he, he really was an incredible entrepreneur and the things that he created or, you know, was involved in the creation with was out of this world. So really. did these books, they, these were the things that kind of like led to, man, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. And like I said, um, so right after Steve Jobs passed away, it was my junior year and I got inspired and I started a club called iClub, Innovation Club. And it was kind of named after Steve Jobs. It was literally the same. It was like uh, the day after I found out he died, I started getting inspired, reading all these things and then started the club. And so ever since then, I've always 
like dreamed of being an entrepreneur. I've always wanted to be one. Um, I just didn't think it was possible. You know, it sounds like it's unrealistic. It sounds like you just, you know, there's not really a clear path to it when you're young and inexperienced. And the more I've learned, the more I've realized there is a clear path to it, but you just can't see that as much as you can see going to college and getting a degree and getting a job. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here you are now, man, the college dropout with a great company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what, what do your parents say now? Um, like, are they kind of like, ah? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're proud of me. They're no longer, so I didn't mention this, but for the first probably year and a half, two years after I dropped out, every single time I got on the phone with my mom, the first thing she would say is like, please go back to school. <laughs> and, uh, like um, any mom should and, and would, right? Yeah. So that no longer is the case. Yeah. And now she's very supportive of my business and like, um, she's really happy with what I've been able to accomplish and all the things that I've been doing and um, no longer talks about college as much. So, <laughs> so, so that's a win. <laughs> it's a win. It's a win. It, it really is. You know, for my parents to be supportive of what I'm doing, I can, I can understand where they're coming from because it's a very foreign thing for them. Nobody in my family is an entrepreneur. No, they're from third world countries where everything is completely different and none of their family over there was an entrepreneur. So they, they just can't understand. They can't relate to it. Yeah. So, but the fact that they're supporting me now and they understand a lot more about what I'm doing, then, yeah, you know, cool. that's a win for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so talk to me a little bit about the business. I, I, I find the content creation business extremely fascinating. Yeah. You know, like, because, I mean, I'm just gonna be real. Like, I mean, we do the same thing that you do. <laughs> right? I know, but yeah. there, there's something about content creator, like, I, and I don't understand it, but like, we're good friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I know like other people would look at our businesses and be like, yo, those businesses compete with each other. Right. You know, and then I like to look at all their content creation. Like, what is it about us as creators and being in the content creation business where it's not competitive? Yeah. And I think that that's a more matter of uh, perspective. Okay. I think that um, it's like, we could totally take the viewpoint that we're like direct competitors. Like I'm going to crush him, like all this stuff. No, right. Dude, but I'm going to crush you. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to crush who? <laughs> no. Um, but the way I see it is um, it's, it's so limited. It's such a limited way of thinking to yeah. think like, Oh, we're direct competition. Like for, for me, like my agency is a medium to get to where I'm, what I want to accomplish with my life. And um, at this point in time, we might be making videos at the same time in the same place, but it just, it doesn't even, for me, I feel like we're not competition because like, I'm trying to get to point Y, you're trying to get to point Z. We're trying to go to different places. We're doing different things. And so even though there may be some overlap on some of the work that we do, it doesn't mean that we're competition. Yeah. You know, my long-term goal is not to just build an agency and just do videos in Gainesville, right? That's right. That's nothing compared to my long-term goal. So what, what is I, it? What is yeah, the long, I, what's the long-term vision, man? My long-term goal is to create an educational institution that um, creates value for entrepreneurs. Um, it's, this is what we're doing with 161 Group. It, my goal is to create an accelerator. I mean, you can call it an institution, you could call it an accelerator, but the goal is to really give a high quality educational product. You know, not something that you get in the business college at university, um, something that I'm willing to bet on. Like, I'm, you don't have to pay me anything for it because 
I'll just take 2% of what you're going to create because I believe in the product I'm giving you so much that I would rather just take a percent of what you're going to, what you're going to build next because I believe in you and I believe in the product that I'm giving you, right? So that, that's the goal of what, what I'm doing. And the content creation is part of that. Um, I obviously, I, I pay the bills through content creation, but um, this allows me to create content for 161 Group and for my ultimate goal, the educational institution, right? Because I feel like I was failed by the university school system and um, I wanna create something that is the opposite. Something that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're like me and you were like, and you're like 18 years old, 19 years old, trying to figure it out, where do you go, right? Yeah. And you go to UF and they'll take you down the wrong path. Or I mean, not, not anything against UF. UF actually has a great business program because of the people they connect you with. They have a huge network. But I'm talking about just universities in general. Um, you know, I wanna create something that if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, this is where you go and you'll become the next Elon Musk, the next, next Steve Jobs, Richard Branson. Yeah. So that's my long-term goal. And so the content creation is like, this is just, this is my, my bike. This is my electric scooter for yeah. the time being, right? This is where it's taking me. Um, that's the way I see it. I love it. I love it. It makes me think of like new scooters for less for me. Like that's been such a, that's been the vehicle that's allowed me to not only impact uh, Gainesville in a plethora of ways, but also give me the education and the foundation necessary for my next chapter and whatever, you know, right. what that looks like and being an impactful entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's super, super cool. And like anytime somebody asks me about, con like, cause I get the same question. People are like, dude, you're friends with all these other content creating companies and I'm like you're damn right man they're right. talented people I love them all yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I don't know but they're, they're, you know especially like within family and stuff they're always fascinated by I'm like I don't, I don't know what to tell you except that they're just really cool people who do incredible things and I love to be surrounded by them and they push right. me to be better yeah and, I, and here's the other thing I like I don't know if you're into like stoicism or anything like that but the way I see it is if you Let's say that we, me and you, my agency and your agency, we're both trying to land a contract and you want it. In my mind, it's not like, oh, screw him, I'm gonna crush him. What, the way <laughs> I see it is, oh, he got it, I didn't deserve it. I, I need to improve. You know, like, that's just the reality. Like, he, he beat me because my product is not good enough. So that, that doesn't mean that I'm gonna get upset, that just means I need to improve my product. And that's the way I see it. Oh, you guys do incredible work. And Thank there's you. so many, and dude, the other content creation companies. There's a lot of good ones. And dude, there's I plenty to go around. Them. Like, And I sit here at this table and like, and very often like after hours or before hours, grabbing coffee with them and having great conversations exactly like this one. It's it's awesome. And you know, and I think Gainesville is a special place because it really uh, fuels that. Right. You know what I mean? There's something about the entrepreneurial ecosystem here um, that just continues to fuel that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot yeah. more collaborative versus competitive, I would say. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, talk to me a little bit about this book, man. Like, so yeah. why why did you want to do this? Well, for like, again, show it off to the camera. Oh really yeah, quick. yeah, yeah, yeah. But of like, course, of course. but you guys, this Innovate Gainesville publication is is fantastic. Uh, it's beautifully, it's well done. Um, did, you saw my post on social media yeah, the other yeah, day. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Like, two I, ago. I said something about like not, you know, the fact that you know you would consider me and like Gainesville would consider me a, a thought leader meant the world to me. You know what I mean? And, and I said like, and I actually said, I was like, I don't know if that's true. I, I feel like I'm a thought executor because this little, I, 
if there's one thing that I've done really well, it's surrounding myself with brilliant people. Right. And especially in this community, people who I admire very much, and I just execute the things they tell me to do. Right, yeah. <laughs> right? There's so many brilliant people. They're like, I'm like, man, you're amazing. That's so incredible. Absolutely. You know, and I just take their advice, their information, process it, and apply it to my mm-hmm. life. Uh, so I, I feel like I'm more of a thought executor than a thought leader, but uh, but still, like being in there, you know, as a thought leader was was uh, very humbling. So thank you for that. Of course, and uh, and of course, like New Scooters Plus is featured in it. The podcast is featured in it. But let's let's talk about like why did you want to do this? Yeah, no, that's a great story. Um, so I'll tell you the full story. I don't usually tell this, but because um, I usually skip the first part, but. Uh, and uh, do you remember Startup Week, Tampa Bay, when Gary V spoke? I think it was Gary V, right? That was, yeah. Was that 2018? I was thinking that was 2018. Yeah, I was actually in that theater. And I remember I, I saw you. Yeah, I literally handed, that was, so that was the closest I've ever been to him in person because I yeah. literally handed my book to him and he signed it and that was the first time we looked each other in the eyes ever yeah. and I said thank you and he said you're welcome and that was <laughs> you know what I mean right he had to run I remember he was trying to leave to a flight or something yeah 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 so but anyways that uh, that event I don't I, it maybe have been the day after that or the day before that or that same day um, it was the last day of startup week and I remember being in this little cafe and this guy was running around this South African guy was running around with this Tampa Bay book and he was just talking about it. And I remember I talked to him briefly about it. And he asked me, what would you call the region of uh, Gainesville and Tallahassee, like combined? We're trying to make a book for that region. Um, and I said, I don't know. Um, and that was about it. That was about it for our conversation. Then about a year later, I came down to Startup Week Tampa Bay again, 2019. And I was actually tabling there for my agency. And he came up to my table holding the new, the volume two Tampa Bay book. And I, I was like, this thing is beautiful. This is way nicer than last year's book. I was very impressed. And he told me, he asked me the same question. He said, what would you call the area of Gainesville and Tallahassee? We're trying to make a book for that region. And I told him, you can't do that. I said, we don't know what's happening in Tallahassee and we don't care. I said, we have so much happening in Gainesville. He says, we've never done a book for a city as small as Gainesville before. And I said, we could absolutely make a book for Gainesville. I'll make it happen. We're gonna do this. Okay. And that was our verbal commitment. He gave me a copy of the Tampa Bay book. We agreed to talk uh, late the next week. And that was it, we, we began. And so um, it was a slow start. I'd never published a book. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I just knew, you know, the reason I took this project on was one, how cool is this? Like, yeah, you know, like I was like, this is gonna be like, to hold this in my hand and to know that I created this, like that's gonna be such a cool experience. But two, it's gonna give me the opportunity to literally go around Gainesville and meet with all of the entrepreneurs, CEOs, marketing directors, innovators, thought leaders, everybody in Gainesville. And that's what I love to do. Just like you, you know, you love to have people on your podcast yeah. and have those conversations, talk about their stories. 100%. I love the same thing. I love to have like one-on-one meetings, get to know, get to know entrepreneurs. And I literally had probably over 100 meetings because of this book. It's awesome. And got to know, every, like everybody in town, I got to meet with President Fox, um, got to meet with the mayor of Gainesville, 
I got to meet with Phoebe Miles from the Cade and we sat overlooking Depot Park, such a beautiful view in the museum. She told me the whole story about how her dad started Gatorade and um, <laughs> how the cool. museum came to be and all these things. It was just all these incredible experiences I couldn't have even dreamed of. And to think like, you know, just six months prior, a year prior, I was trying to get meetings with like all these people and like all these business owners to try to get them as clients so I could make them a video or do some marketing for them. And now I had these people making introductions for me to other business owners. You know, I had I had certain people who literally made over 10 introductions to like other marketing directors and business owners. That's cool, man. It was amazing. So, so yeah. And, I, you know, I truly believe that there's something unique about Gainesville. I mean, the innovators, the startup founders, the entrepreneurs we have here, it's, it's incredible. I think that this is an extremely undervalued place in terms of the talent, the entrepreneurial talent. Um, and I think that we're going we're gonna to see a lot of growth in, in the next 10 years because of that. So um, I knew that we had tons to showcase. And here it is. <laughs> yeah, so what does Gainesville look like to you 10 years from now? Because it's crazy, you know, I don't, I hate to point this out on my show, but I'm a little older than some of these guys. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. like, I'm like, I'm 38 years old. And like, I remember when I started, like I started this business almost 17 years ago in March. Right. 17 years ago, it blows my mind that it's that old. Right? Like, so you were like, 21 feel, when you started. Yeah, I feel like it was yesterday. Seriously, wow. like it's it's crazy that it's been 17 years. Uh, but like we've talked about it multiple times on the show, Gainesville had nothing. Like 2004, we were on our own. Right. There were no resources. There was no. You can't even like reach out to the city for help. Like, it was like literally figure out everything on your own. Oh, yeah. There are no accelerators, no incubators. There are definitely no entrepreneurship programs at the University of Florida. The closest thing we had was Professor Rossi's class, which was Principles of Entrepreneurship. Oh yeah, I took you that. Know, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Which I'm totally gonna get, I'm totally gonna get Bill Rossi on the show one day. Uh, but like, you know, it, but that was the closest thing. Right. And now, you look I mean, around. just look around. Just it's look around crazy. this facility. Look at all the buildings that have come up around it. It's yeah, incredible. exactly, exactly, it's crazy. So, I mean, Painting that picture 10 years from now, you know, what does that look like to you? So, you know, I can't tell you what it's going to look like, um, like physically in terms of all the buildings and all that. But what I can tell you is the innovation and entrepreneurial ecosystem is going to be thriving here. I mean, this is going to be like an up and coming. If you think about what uh, Austin is like and Raleigh is like and Boulder, Colorado, um, it's going to be up and coming, like just like just like those cities, um, and I think a big part of that is, of course, like I mentioned, the world class entrepreneurs that we have here. But um, the missing ingredient that we've had, and actually, Mitch Glazer just published an article about this. Was, I think it was titled like "The Missing in- the Missing Ingredient of Gainesville," <laughs> um, and it's it's just uh, capital. It's just uh, funding for startups, and we haven't had that you know yeah. ever. And so, um, which is one of the missions of this podcast. You know, exactly. we, we said like that's our second mission is you know the thing that we hear about all the time is that there's not enough experienced talent, there's not any investor capital. It's a great place to start a business, but not a place to scale, not a place right. to scale a business. And it's like, all right, well, we're going to solve that problem, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's so cool to see other people who are focused on it as well. Yeah, and if you think about it, like not not a good place to scale a business, and like 
if you think about that, why does that make sense? We've got access to one of the largest talent pools in the state, right. and maybe in the Southeast region of the United States, right here in Gainesville, right? Yep. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect place to scale. The issue is that we haven't had a lot of examples of that. And I think that's what it takes. Like Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley, because you've had all these successes who then give back and mentor entrepreneurs and invest in entrepreneurs. And I think we're going to see a lot of that over the next 10 years. And that's pretty much what 161 Group is focused on doing. Um, And this is, I mean, COVID is just accelerating this because investors are becoming so comfortable investing virtually without ever having a face-to-face meeting. This is the first time that's better. It's made the opportunities opportunities greater. Absolutely. That's that's interesting. I I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. And actually, speaking of that, we actually just had our uh, day one of demo day for 161 Group for our fall accelerator. It was a 10-week program. We wrapped up last Friday and um, we had demo day today. We have two sessions tomorrow Uh, and we had five investors on the call. Um, I think one was Where did you meet these investors? Like where do these connections come from? We just we just hustle. Like just it's just as an I just as an I we just it's all cold outreach, you know, most of the time. Sometimes we get introductions, you know, some people have been really great. Jim Bowie at UF Innovate has made a lot of great introductions for us. Um, but it's just totally like cold emails, messaging on LinkedIn. You know, we literally found the so you know the Gator 100. I think you're one yep. of the Gator 100 at one of, at one point. Yeah, at one point. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we barely squeezed. Like we were like number 92, baby. Oh like yeah, yeah, that, yeah. 2015, like number 92 or something. I'm like, oh man, I'm so proud to be number 92 because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> at least you're on the list. There you go. And um, I went on the website and they've got a PDF there for the past five years. Five PDFs, each one with 100 Gator 100 companies mm-hmm. with the founders. And we just looked through it and I started saying, oh, this person would probably be a good mentor for this program. This person would probably be a good angel investor. And we just start cold outreach. And the reason we do this is because we're like, hey, we're starting an accelerator out of Gainesville. Uh, We got a lot of UF startups in the program. And for them, this really resonates because, you know, they went to UF. They started a company. Right. So we're, you know, we're going about it very strategically. Uh, You know, we, we got a response from the founders of Proctor U. And this is like a 300 plus employee company, and mm-hmm. and they're going to they're going to be some of our speakers in our spring cohort. So um, so that's how we go about it. Typically, it's a lot of cold outreach. What about the people who are in like in your cohort? Oh, the like, cohort. They just yeah. apply or what? Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, that's a lot of marketing. I mean, um, if somebody's we, listening to this and they want to be part of this, what do they have to do? So we are going to be public. We're going to be putting out the application for the spring cohort. Um, probably in two weeks, probably like end of this year or beginning of next year. So right year. when this episode goes out. Oh yeah, right around okay. that time. And um, it'll be open probably till the end of January or maybe like third week of January. Okay. And um, and yeah, that's, you know, you apply, it's just a Google form. It's like, it should take around 20, 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, but the questions are really useful because um, these are questions that uh, if you're starting a startup, you want to be thinking about. So um, even if you don't get into the program, it's a useful practice to okay. kind of go through the process. Um, and, and yeah, and we just promote it different places. We go on Reddit, blast it out. Uh, we post it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We send it to strategic channels. We're plugged in with like different entrepreneurship clubs and other like tech clubs at different universities, like Georgia Tech, for example. The uh, it's called Startup Exchange. We're good friends with the the people who run that. Um, and yeah, we send it out to all the universities and have them blast it out. So it's cool, man. So like, I want to kind of steer this back towards you as an entrepreneur real mm-hmm. quick. Uh, 
you remind me of me. <laughs> at, my, at my early, I don't wanna say earlier days, but like, uh, you're a person who likes to be involved in a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you got, you got so many different things going on, man. Like, you got, <laughs> you got Rootex, this content creation company. You've been like out hustling, getting people in this in this incredible publication. You got one six one group. I mean, dude, who knows what else is next? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how? Like, I just know people are listening, being like, how does somebody manage all of it? Like, how do you do it all? Yeah, you know, and 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 is it effective? Like, is it right. effective, right? Because like, isn't it more effective to focus on like one thing than to be everywhere? Like, so I'm just super curious as to your perspective because I have my own thoughts, but mm. I like want to hear yours first. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I would agree. Generally, it's a good idea to focus on one thing and um, and just give all your, especially in entrepreneurship, it's so hard already. Um, if you're doing two things at once that makes your chances of success a lot lower. Um, the reason I'm doing multiple things is because they all tie in with each other. And uh, each one complements the other. The other thing is that uh, my agency, I didn't start my agency in 161 Group at the same time. I started my agency actually, at this point, five years ago. 161 Group was born as a, it, it, wasn't, even in, it wasn't even a company or organization. It was just events. We were just doing networking events. The Empty Bottle Club. I know you went to a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how it started. And maybe in uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe, yeah, a year and a half ago is when it became 161 Group. And the accelerator only started right after COVID. And and that was because we couldn't do any events in person. And so like all these things, it would have been crazy for me to say, I'm going to, I'm going to start a seed accelerator. I'm going to start a content marketing agency and I'm going to publish a book all at the same time. That would have been crazy. I completely agree with you. Um, But it wasn't at the same time. It was one thing after another. And, you know, I did this because I wasn't getting a lot of work for my agency. I knew this was going to open a lot of doors for my agency and it did. And now I've got tons of work for my agency. Um, But, you know, this, the past month has been crazy for me since Thanksgiving, basically, because all three worlds kind of like collided Mm -hmm. because I basically had the book launch event. The book was finally here. So I had to drop off all the copies of the book. My agency was getting tons of work. So we were working on tons of videos at the same time, trying to manage that, manage some social media accounts. And on top of that, we're in the middle of our 161 group fall accelerator and we're, we have to line up speakers. And, and the way we do it is, you know, we don't, we don't go and say like, okay, we've got this 10 week, you know, we have one speaker each week and like here are all the speakers we're going to have. No, the way we do it is we launch a program the week before we make a couple phone calls and we're like, hey, can you speak to our founders next week? Hey, can you speak to our founders in two weeks? And, and we lock them in as we go, you know? And so it's, I was in the middle of all of it, the planning the launch event, delivering books, doing all this, had the demo day today. It's, it's been, I, I have not been sleeping a lot. The <laughs> How much sleep do you get? Um, probably the past three weeks, the average has been like around five hours a night. Um, but there's been a lot of nights where I had to sleep two hours, um, three hours, four hours, um, just going around like a zombie. And I mean, I love what I do. So the the hardest part for me is getting out of bed. That's the hardest part. Um, I feel like I feel terrible in the morning because I didn't sleep a lot. What time do you wake up? It just depends on the day. I mean, um, I wake up when I have to do something. And um, sometimes if that's like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m., because I stay up, I stay up very late. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm usually up till like 4 a.m. like working. 
Yeah. So like for me to wake up That'll at 8 a.m. That'll go away as you get older. I think it will, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll have to. I don't know. Take, it from, take it from me. I've started to have a lot more like early, earlier morning meetings and uh, commitments and stuff. And so it's not sustainable for me to be doing that. <laughs> so I wake up when I have to, but like recently it's been like around 8 a.m., sometimes 7, sometimes 6.30, sometimes 9, around there. I've been getting into this conversation with some friends of mine recently and cause, cause 2020 for me has been very like, in a just a, an awakening, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of revelation this year. I've discovered a lot of things about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I probably wouldn't have admit, have admitted before. Like a good example is like, I think that I'm a good manager, but not a great manager. Mm. Like, like I can manage people, but I hate managing people. (laughs) For the same, like I hate holding people accountable. And I think I might've even talked about it on a previous episode, but like, just don't like holding people accountable. I don't want to be like, yo, Pablo, why can't you get your butt to work on time? Yeah. What's your, like, what's your deal? You know, I hate being that person. Like I want to show, I want to know what your goals are. Mm. I want to know how can I help you achieve what you want to achieve in life? Like Mm. that's, the you know so for, as being a leader being a visionary i'm definitely that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like what kind of entrepreneur are you like are you a visionary are you an integrator an executor you know what i mean yeah that's a good question um i would say i would say i'm definitely a visionary in terms of uh being able to look out into the future and say this is what we're going to build and then working backwards and saying, this is the first step we have to take to get there at like 10 years out, right? Because 161 Group, what we're doing is a 10 year, like we're not expecting to make a dime of revenue for at least five years. Um, it's a very long-term thing. Um, so I would say definitely a visionary. I would say um, an executor, but to a certain extent, like there's certain things that I'm really good at executing on and certain things that I know that I'm not good at. Like things that are very tedious, um, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at like organization, like keeping organized and like, um, you know, if like having a set process that you follow every single week, like I don't have a morning routine, you know, like I, I'm, I'm very bad at like just following these things over and over again. <laughs> but in terms of executing, like if I know something has to get done, I'm not going to sleep until it gets done and I'll get it done. And if somebody falls through, I'm going to find somebody else to make it happen or I'm going to do it myself. So, um, so that's what I would say. Yeah, that's good. I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, but I, like, I definitely like, um, I've realized I definitely need like the organizational part, like especially like my agency runs like so people's social media accounts, like a uh, company's social media accounts. And in order to do that, I can't be the person, I can't be the person doing it. Like I, I will go on there and like engage every now and then, but to be creating the content on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and scheduling on a weekly basis, I can't be the one doing that. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. I just, again, as the entrepreneur, I think that you're like steering the wheel and then you're also like putting out fires and different fires come up and different opportunities come up and you want to take those opportunities. And that's, that's the person that I, I'm, I'm going to be here looking at the opportunities, putting out fires. And then these little tedious, monotonous tasks, I, I, you know, I'm not the one who's going to be doing those, but I, I will find the person who can, you know, I'll find the person who's reliable. Yeah. I think that's key. Like I, I know that moving forward in my entrepreneurial career, like I have to surround myself with integrators. Like when I when I look at, uh, you know, you look at uh, Disney World for example, like Walt Disney, like he was a visionary, and then like his oh, yeah. bro- his brother like 
made it happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I need like the people who can like like make it happen. You know what I mean? It's not like I, like I'm not afraid to pull the trigger. I'm like I'm a risk taker. Like I'm like I mean, dude, this podcast was like literally like the idea sparked. I was like, our community needs this. I'm gonna do this. I like remember showing the picture to my assistant saying, "You see this? Like this is what I'm going for." Like find me all the stuff, order all the stuff. I was actually going on a trip. I was like, I'll be back in a week when I'm back. Like I would love to have the podcast set up. You know what I mean? And like, so I wasn't afraid to like put the initial investment in, like, let's go, we're going to do this and commit like right away. Right. But it's like, dude, I need, I need the people around me who can like integrate it, get the, get the stuff, do the work. Like you said, the organizational part of it. And and I would say like, I'm a, I'm a people person and you know, I think you are too. Um, like, looking back to when I was a student at UF, there's like certain things I could have observed about myself. Like looking back, obviously I wouldn't have noticed it back then, but that would have told me that I was gonna be an entrepreneur. And part of these were, for example, like I would, I was very good at convincing people to like, either like do some of my projects for me or like help me um, study because I, I was very bad at like, I'm not the type of person I can sit down and study on my own. I like surrounded myself with people who would like say, let's study at this time and we can study together. Mm-hmm. And that would get me to be able to study because I'm a very social person and like I love being around people, I love talking to people. And so, and yeah, it just reminds me of being in the dorms and <laughs> trying to study in the commons and then David Nassau coming up to me and talking my ear off Dave, for like three shout hours. Shout out to David, man. Shout out to David, he's gonna watch this and he's uh, gonna see it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you know, so here we are at the very end of 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love, I love diving into goals. I think it's just natural, right? You kind of start lining things up for the new, the new year ahead. You know, what are you, like, what's one goal that you have for 2021? One goal for 2021. Um, so 161 Group is going to be putting together a fund. So one goal I have is by the end of next year to have fully finished raising a $5 million fund and to invest in, I mean, Gainesville companies, but not just Gainesville companies. So yeah, that's, that's one thing we're working on. And um, you've already laid that out. You can be able to make that happen. We'll make it happen. That's a big goal. We'll make it happen. We've been definitely surrounding ourselves with the right people. And then we've been putting in the work. I think um, a really key thing is demonstrating that we're able to have consistent good deal flow and think about this. We just launched an accelerator with zero experience. And in our summer program, we had nine founders in the program. Um, one of them raised a $300,000 seed round. Now in our fall program, we had eight founders in our program. One of them has already $10,000 monthly recurring revenue. Like, you know, we have, we have proven that we can find, that we can source these deals, that we can source early stage talent, right? And that's what it's all about, you know? Because when it comes to investing in early stage startups, it's a numbers game. It's not, I think this is a good idea. I'm willing to bet on it. No, that doesn't work like that. We're, we're investing in people. It's all about investing in people. And we fully expect nine out of 10 at the very least, or maybe at the very least eight out of 10 of the startups in our programs to fail. We're expecting that. Um, but we know a lot of those are going to go and start other companies. And maybe after they fail with those, start another company. And we are picking people that we fully believe in and that we're going to back every single time. 
And so when they're on the second startup, we're going to back them. If they fail, when they're on the third startup, we're going to back them. And, and that's what it's about. It's a volume. It's a numbers game. You invest in 100, you get one or two that gives you all the return. And so over the next five years, if you think about it, we're going to have, we're doing three cohorts a year. We're going to have 30 companies, around 30 companies next year. 30 companies times five, that's 150 companies. Out of 150 companies, we're going to have somewhere between five and 10 winners. And, oh, I'm talking about like five to 10 big winners, or maybe like three to five, like really big winners. And, and that's when it, that's when you start to see the results. But it doesn't work if you pick out one or two and you say, I think this is a great idea. This is going to win. It doesn't work like that. From all the research that we've done and you know, the most successful, if you look at Sequoia Capital, if you look at Y Combinator, um, this is how they operate. What's, uh, so these entre- other entrepreneurs, these investors, the people who have, that you have talked to, that have been meeting with, you know, these cohorts and hearing these demo days and that kind of thing, like what, what's the reception been like from them? Like in regards to the companies? Yeah, yeah, like are they like are they excited? Like what like what's going through their minds? Have you had independent conversations outside of the you know, the group zooms and that kind of thing where you're like having one to ones with these guys and like oh, yeah. what what do they say? Oh yeah. So after demo day we start calling up like we start with all the investors that we're like really close with and we just call them up and ask them for feedback. Um and so what we've heard so far is um I mean they're impressed. Like they really are impressed. And, and, and I don't say that because they're you know, our friends and they're telling us that. I can, the, the way we tell they're impressed is at our demo day, we see the reaction, right? This is a Zoom call, it's hard to stay engaged. And the way you know an investor is seriously interested is if they're asking a lot of questions, right? Because they're not, I mean, these people are really busy. They have a lot of things on their mind. They're not going to force themselves to come up with a bunch of questions. And we can tell which deals they're more interested in. Like we had one, uh, one, of, one of the superstars in our current cohort um, got a ton of questions. And I could tell there was like an investor. In the, like he literally, one of the investors literally asked, um, how crowded is your cap tables? Because he could tell this was like a good deal. Like, you know, he's, he's thinking like, there's probably like a lot of people already investing in this. Um, so we, we can tell by the, we observe everything. It's not just what they tell us. It's observing, you know, what kind of questions they're asking and how engaged they are throughout the, the calls and stuff. So. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. I'm excited for the year ahead. You excited? I'm super excited. <laughs> I mean, it's- Hopefully COVID will- disappear now that there's all these talks about vaccine and first the first groups of people are starting to get vaccines and maybe we can get back to normal soon and it'll just i hope so it's uh i miss i really miss in-person events i really miss, I miss having one-on-one meetings and getting to know new people there's a lot of people that i would have had one-on-one meetings with over the past six months you, know? you just couldn't yeah are you still doing them via Zoom? It's just, people are Zoomed out though, right? I'm Zoomed out, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll like, do dude. that. I still do that. I mean, I, actually nowadays I probably just do phone calls. <laughs> it's like, yeah. let's, just cut the, let's just cut the video. Unless it's, you know, there's certain cases where I'll do Zoom. Like if it's somebody that, like, for example, like an investor that we're trying to get to know for like 161 Group, who's in California, you know, of course we'll do Zoom, something like that. But, yeah. you know. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, like what's the, what, what was the point or like what's the, where did the name Rutex come from? Um, this is kind of a silly story, but uh, 
I was like, I, I genuinely always wondered this. I was like, I was like, uh, like sometimes I found myself like trying to figure it out. I'm like, root text. Like, <laughs> You're like, it must where, mean where, something. Yeah, where's this coming from? <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It, it, okay, so I'll tell you the story. So, um, we, um, this is actually kind of cool because you're you're going to be in the story. Um, <laughs> um, so I did the big idea competition in um, 2016, which was basically when I started the I started the company like officially like November December of 2015. So like pretty okay. much like January is when I came back to Gainesville, 2016. I'd entered the big idea competition, not knowing anything about business. I ended up actually winning one of the prizes, um, and one of the prizes that I won was that I actually got um, retail space at the Rights Union. Okay. Um, I got to be part of, I was the first company in, one of the two first companies in the um, Rights Union retail hatchery is what they called it. They mm-hmm. don't think, I don't think they do it anymore. But um, it was me and then uh, Andrew from Aetherist Games. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you, I remember you came to speak there one time. Yeah. And that, like, that, so that was my office space. That was at the time. And I, I don't know if you know, if you remember this, you probably don't remember this, but um, I had painted, um, they told me I could paint the walls however I wanted. And they told me to paint it myself that they would buy the paint for me. I was like, okay, this is random, but cool. So I was like, let's paint a green screen on the wall. So we painted it like this, like, it was like a chroma key green, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and that, and that was, that was uh, the early beginnings. But, um, um, sorry, so what was the that's question? Where, that's where it was, out? yeah. Where the name came from. The name, oh, so, okay, so we were, we were there. At the time, the name of the company was Raw Moment Studios. That was the first name of the company. Okay. And the whole idea was we were going to record special moments for people. Um, and I got back to UF and we started recording uh, 21st birthday parties, which are, they're called like sign nights and they, like they do like this traditional thing. And um, we started recording, I, I, well, we, that's what we started with. And then we realized college students have no money. They're not going to pay anything. <laughs> and started working with some nonprofits, made a video for David Nassau, Hopping for a Cure. Um, and then you know, little by little started getting paid work. Um, and then I realized like the name wasn't really fit for us to do like work for businesses. It, it was like too specific it was like yeah we're recording moments like i need something more professional like something more like corporate i don't know something simple that rolls off the tongue and we were making a video for this agency at uf it was called uh, next gen um and it was actually like a smaller agency under the agency at uf um and um we were making a video for them and we hadn't really you know we were experienced we hadn't talked about like price and all this stuff and we briefly talked about like oh like um they're like we don't have a big budget they're like oh if you guys like hire somebody to like do the editing like you hire vas to do the editing like we'll cover the cost whatever and like we ended up selling the, sending them a bill after we finished the video and uh and they were like yeah we'll help you guys like we'll do some consulting for you whatever and uh and they were like oh no like we're like we're not paying like we were gonna do a trade and we're like what we thought you guys were gonna pay and then like <laughs> pay a little bit and then like, do a trade but anyways they ended up doing consulting for us. And by consulting, they basically came up with the name for us. <laughs> and so I met with them and we were just sitting in their, in their office and they were just writing stuff on the board and like coming up with stuff. And like me and my, I had a partner at the time, Stephen Kim. And, um, yeah, Stephen, shout out to Stephen, man. Shout out to Stephen. He's in, uh, he just moved to Salt Lake City in Utah and uh, he's got some exciting things going on. But, um, but yeah, and uh, they were, naming all these coming up with all these names and like none of them really like resonated they said Rutex and I was like hmm and I and I was like but it's like <laughs> but it's like short I like it two syllables it's only like five letters six letters whatever um, <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> but um, I was like I want something simple you know 
And, uh, and so we, we went with it. We're like, let's just go with this for now. And then if it comes to something better, we change it. But, you know, if not, no. we'll stick with it. That's it. And that's how it came about. <laughs> so that's Rutex. And I, I like it. I, I think it's like, it's simple. It's, yeah, it's good. You know, professional. So I was, I was just always curious, man. I was like, oh. Right. I was like, I don't know the story. And in terms of SEO, we don't have competition. I mean, there's one competition that we have, which is like some like, um, some like fertilizer company. If you go on like YouTube and you type in Rudex, you're going to have a bunch of videos from like this fertilizer company <laughs> in Canada or something like that. That's the only comp, you know, for SEO purposes. Uh, that's that's our competition. That's funny. So where, so where can everybody connect with you, man? Like where can they find you? Where can, can people buy these or is yeah. this like... So we, um, we sold, I forget the number, but I think it was like 400 around that range of pre-orders of the, of the book. And we've been delivering all of those, but we have, we printed a few extra, we normally print hundreds of extra copies so we can put them on Amazon and just hold on to them and sell them and stuff. But, um, COVID, um, so I worked with Global Village World on this project. And, and COVID has been hard for a lot of companies and, and of course, you know, for them as well. And so they only printed a few extra copies. So I think we've got like 20, somewhere around 20, maybe 30 extra copies for sale. Um, they're 85 bucks a book. And, um, and yeah, but you're really getting, you know, an, a really good picture of the innovation ecosystem of Gainesville in here. And not to mention there's an AR video component to it as well. Like you can scan pages and have a video pop up um, talking about those companies and stuff. So it's um, it's a very like forward thinking tech enabled publication. Um, two years of work right here. Yeah, so that's cool, man. Um, well, where can our audience connect with you? Where can they can 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 you see this digitally? Absolutely, yeah. So if you go to um, innovationsoftheworld.com, you're going to be able to see a lot of the other books as well. Okay. But if you click on the Gainesville one, you'll be able to see two things. One, you can actually see the ebook, the PDF, and you can flip through it. It looks really nice. Um, so if you want to just take a look at it, you can see it there. Um, the other thing you can see is actually every single organization and individual featured in here has their own individual article, like write up on that platform. So if you go on there, you can scroll down and you can find new scooters for less, click it. Um, That's cool. And, and then when you share it on social media, it actually shows like, you know, a picture of like new scooters for less. Not, it's not like talking about the website or anything. So it's really cool. So, um, how, many, how many books do I have down there? Um, you've got a total of five, five. Okay. So this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> they're going to go so quick. Uh, I'm going to keep, well, I'm going to let Mike have one. I'll keep one. So I got three. Okay. So the first three people who listen to this episode and hit me up on Instagram, I'm say on Instagram at WHOAGNV and say, I want the book. I will let you have the book. So the first three people, my gift, my gift to our listeners. So you can check it out. That's so awesome. just, yeah, definitely hit me up on, on Instagram at WHOAGNV and we will, uh, Hook you up, baby. Hook, that hook, is awesome. hook up our listeners. That's eighty-five dollars right there. Yeah. Don't miss out on that, dude. That's de great. Definitely not. Well, this is cool. And how about you personally? Like, they can connect with you on Instagram, yeah, your company, so, Rutex. Where can they find you guys? Yeah, uh, DM me on Instagram. Add me on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, Pablo Castellimus. Um, there's tons of ways to, ways to get it in touch with me. Straight up. I mean, my contact information is in this book. Um, message me on Facebook. Email me. Um, I'm always responding to people. I'm always talking to new people, getting to know new people. So what about you guys have out. a website for Rutex? Yeah, RutexCreative.com. What is it? RutexCreative.com. Okay. R-O-O-T-E-X, creative.com. 
and uh, 161group.com. Uh, stay updated there because we're gonna actually launch our our new applications for the spring cohort on there. And um, and yeah, message me on social media. So. Dude, I'm excited, man. I, like, I'm really, really excited for 2021. I'm honored to know you, dude. I'm honored to know like, all the stuff that you're doing. Thank you for the investment and the heart that you pour into this community, man. It's like, we, we need more people exactly like you. And uh, it, it inspires me, man. I'm, I'm excited. I, I love working with you guys on stuff and just being around you guys and just dreaming about the future of Gainesville with you guys is just a hell of a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and so I appreciate you're doing you, it too. I mean, like through your podcast, you've had now like over 130, you know, individuals, it's organizations. It's insane. Yeah. So like, you know, props to you. We need more people like you as well. And this is, I, I this is, this is why I truly believe that the Gainesville innovation ecosystem is, is in its infancy right now. Love We're it. just getting started. Love it. And you guys, <laughs> I know you guys see me and you hear my voice, but you have to know that there are so many other people that make this entire thing possible. You know, we got James Leitner who does all the editing and the video here, dude. James, thank you so much for everything you do, brother. Sarah Lance, Allison Mutrino, and of course my co-host Michael Dees, who is sick. Hope you feel better, brother. And podcast fam, if you if you were driving and didn't have a chance to write down the information of the incredible sponsors that make this show possible, don't worry at all. If you just go to whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors or simply click the links in the show notes of this episode. It'll take you right there. Definitely support these incredible sponsors. And before we wrap up, I want to give a huge thank you to Leonardo's Pizza Millhopper who renewed their sponsorship for 2021. Kyle and his team have been so incredibly supportive of this show. Uh, but even greater than that, they've been so supportive of this community, y'all. Uh, in 2020 alone, they donated over $20,000 worth of pizza and sponsored $5,000 in fundraisers and fundraisers, excuse me, for homeless shelters, hospital staff, local nonprofits, and school groups. Kyle and his team are absolute rock stars. Uh, so do us a huge favor and give these guys a big old thank you. And the best way that you can do that is by going to leonardosmillhopper.com or by calling 352 352- 376-2001 and ordering a Chicago style pizza right now. I'm like craving it right now, just thinking about it. You're making me crave it right now. <laughs> like, let's get one right now. Open? So, yeah. So, of <laughs> course, tell them that you heard it right here on the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. We will see you guys later. Bye. Happy New Year, everybody!